This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a wonderful resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. And that is because of the guests who join me. These are folks who have expertise in specific areas of business, and they give of their time and their knowledge uh, to join me, to have a conversation about it, where they get to share their pearls of wisdom with all of you so that you can then take that information and implement these ideas in your business so you can be more successful. Today is no different. My guest today is Stacy Brown Randall. Stacy is a three-time entrepreneur, author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, and host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast. Stacy has taught her No Asking referral generation strategy to hundreds of companies, including Bank of America, Carroll Financial, International Minute Press, Dogtopia, O'Connor Insurance Associates, Real Living Real Estate, Malazzo Web Law Firm, Mass Mutual, Ray Images, and more. She's a wife to one, mother to three, and champion of the entrepreneurial dream for all. 
thanks so much for joining me today, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back for a second time. I am thrilled to have you back for a second time. I was so glad when I ran into you at, at the NABO conference and got to see all the wonderful things that you are doing these days. Uh, and you uh, talk about and teach about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is referrals. Um, but I want to start with, um, I guess, everybody on the same page. So I'm wondering if you would, you know, kick off this conversation by sharing the definition of a referral. Yes. And I love that you asked that question because I think it's really important to your, like you said, we're all on the same page of understanding what we're talking about. So when I'm talking about how we receive referrals or generate referrals without asking, we need to make sure we're actually talking about a referral and what that looks like and why we don't want to ask for them. So, you know, I find that when I speak to, you know, groups of people all across the country or when people, you know, kind of interact with me on social media, Sometimes they'll explain to me a situation where they think they've received a referral and I kind of have to call a timeout and say, actually, no, um, that's not a referral. What you received was actually word of mouth buzz or it was an introduction or actually that was just a warm lead. And so I always find it important for us to recognize when we're talking about referrals, let's be really clear on what the definition is and specifically understanding because when we know what a referral is, that's what makes us want more of them. And that's what drives us to want them. So and I think when you think about all the sales training out there today, so much of the different training has just diluted the term of referrals because we use terms interchangeably that actually are separate items or separate things. So a referral has two things that no other lead prospect, so to speak, coming to your business would have. So um, a referral will be different from a cold lead, a warm lead, an introduction, a word of mouth buzz. They'll all be different because they won't have these two pieces. They may have one, but they're not gonna have both. So the first thing that a referral has that makes it special is that there is actually a connection. There is a connection between you as the person who's going to provide the solution, right? You as the person whose product or service will be purchased or hired, but there's a connection between you and somebody who needs what you do. But that connection is made by what I call a referral source. So the person who knows what you do and knows somebody who has a need and they connect you. And it's almost like this three-way connection. And the importance of that three-way connection is because if it gets lost in someone's inbox or the conversation gets misplaced, like in someone's memory, right? When that connection is made, typically over email, it's like a reminder as to why this connection is happening. Hey, you have a need and I know, right? That Sally can solve your need. And so that personal connection is there. And the, the reason why the personal connection is so important is because it's at that moment when that connection is made that the trust is established. When I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm saying, wow, I really need a new bookkeeper. Right? And the person I know that I trust I'm having this conversation with, when they say, oh my gosh, I know exactly who you should hire, they're transferring trust. And that trust transfer continues when they connect me with that bookkeeper they're suggesting. So the first thing it has is that personal connection. There's some level of connection. And then in addition to that, the other thing that it has is that there's been a need identified. I know I have a problem. I've been talking about it with my referral source. Either I know I have a problem and I went to them for advice or I didn't know I had a problem and in talking to them, they helped me identify that I had a problem. And so I know I have a problem and now I'm in a buyer mentality. I may not know 
exactly when I want to purchase, right? There's not a timetable approach applied to this, but it's that idea of understanding that, hey, I've got a problem and I wanna solve it. So yes, I'm willing to take time to meet with this person that my referral source, the person I trust, told me to go meet with. So that when you sit down with that person or get on the phone with that person and have a conversation, they're already in a buyer's mentality. They're already deciding, yes, I have a problem, and I wanna solve it, let's just figure out if you're the right person to solve it. And that's an important piece too that makes a referral so golden. So when you hear people say, we want referrals because they're easier to close, quicker to close, they're less price sensitive, right? They move through the buyer's journey faster. All those things are, are truth about a referral because that means the referral showed up ready to buy and already trusting you, which happens because a need has been identified and a connection has actually been made. I love this, and mm -hmm. I am, uh, see, I'm glad too that I asked that question because this is so different than what I think people think. When people go out there and they are told, ask your clients for referrals, ask for everyone you know for a referral, okay, first of all, it's uncomfortable. Second of all, no, because it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily have these elements there doesn't have both of them so it's true and you know what I always find that the thing that people confuse the most with a referral is word-of-mouth yeah. buzz and introductions yeah so yeah. with an introduction you're absolutely have that personal connection there is an introduction that has been made but if we haven't identified the need right then yeah. it's just are you just introducing me to this person because I need one more person in my network to go have coffee with so the introduction yeah, that right. connection can be there in an introduction, but it's typically not because they need to hire you. And that's fine. Introductions are fine. I, I don't always tell folks, it's not, I'm not saying you don't want word of mouth buzz, introductions, warm leads. I just would prefer you have more referrals than anything else. And for you to know the difference when they arrive. And the reason why you need to know the difference between when a referral drops in your lap versus word of mouth buzz versus an introduction versus a warm lead when you need an, the reason why you need to know the difference is because how you approach that situation depends on how they've shown up and how, what level of warmth they have as a potential prospect and so if it's just an introduction right you, you have to show up different for that first interaction with them whether it's face to face or on the phone versus the language you use and how you um, handle a first conversation with a referred prospect, someone who's been referred to you, it's totally different. And understanding that language and that's with that dynamic of your sales process, you're more likely to screw up, to be honest, a referred prospect if you don't approach it like it's a referral and you approach it like it's an introduction or a word of mouth buzz or a warm lead because they are all at different levels with different levels of trust for you and different levels of understanding their need and if they even know they have one. And that's why we want to be able to identify a referral when it shows up. And do you find that there are so many people who are getting that introduction, but they are treating it like it's a referral, and so they're barreling into the conversation trying to sell their widget to someone who, this is just an introduction, this is just a, let's get to know each other, I heard about you, or just want to know more about what you're doing kind of thing? So it's interesting. It's going to go one of two ways, exactly what you defined, right? You're walking in thinking you've got somebody who's hot and they're ready to make a decision and you've now overwhelmed them with your sales process. The yeah. other thing is, is when you have somebody referred to you, your sales process better not be a sales process. I mean, it's still a sales process, but it should look entirely different. Yeah. 
it should be more of a, a curiosity conversation when you ask yeah. you know, a few couple of questions versus you launching into some kind of sales pitch. So yes, one way that people will handle it is they, they think in their minds, oh, I've got someone hot here. I need to go in and like sell them. Um, or the opposite happens. You have somebody that drops into your lap that is just actually an introduction and you don't know what it is. So you go to the meeting for coffee or lunch or whatever and you waste a ton of time because you both don't really know why you're there because it's typically not established by the person who made the connection uh, between you two. So you go and you're thinking, and they maybe want to buy, but you weren't set up correctly, so you don't know that. Or you're going to try to like find out if they want to buy, and that's going to make the conversation awkward. So right. when I receive an introduction, I always go back to the referral source. And I always just say, thanks so much for connecting me with or introducing me. When I can, when I can tell it's not a referral, or I'm not sure. If you're not sure, it's probably not a referral. So yeah. I would say, I'm, you know, thanks so much for connecting me with Joe. I'm very excited to talk with him. Do you, have you, did you have a conversation with Joe about me? And that's why you're connecting us because maybe he is, you know, somebody who's interested in my growth by referrals program or wants to work with me. Or did you just meet him and think, wow, he should know Stacy and Stacy should know him. And when you go back to the referral source and you get that answer, that tells you 100% how you're going to handle your conversation and your interaction back with Joe using our example. And sometimes my referral source will be, my favorite answers are when the referral source goes, Joe needs you, but he doesn't know it yet. But that's why I connected you guys. <laughs> and so that means then my language is different, right? Because I can't expect yeah. Joe to know he has a problem or a pain. I know what questions to use now when I go meet with Joe to help him figure out, do you need what I do or don't you? Right. Right. But you just got to know what you're walking into first. Right. Is it, this yes. is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yes. And because it, when you know what you're walking into, you're going to be more confident, which means you're going to handle the meeting better. And yeah. you actually, when you, when you know what you're walking into, it also puts you in a place to understand where the other person's coming from. And so you, I typically find that when you're more confident and you know what to do, it's a better, you know, kind of, process or circumstance for the other person to go through as well. Like you're just going to take better care of them because you're not thinking about, Oh, I got to make a sale right. or, you know what I mean? Like you're just like, I had a meeting with somebody. I don't, it was a couple weeks ago now and I was talking to somebody else. I was like, Oh, I got to go to this meeting. I got a meeting with somebody um, that was referred to me, at, you know, new prospect or whatever. And I don't typically meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, but if they're in my local market and they want to meet, I will. And so she goes, Oh, so it's a sales meeting. Are you nervous? And I was like, about what? And she goes, well, it's a new prospect. I'm like, but they're referred to me. They go on some level, they already want to hire me. They just need to make sure that I'm the one they want to hire. I was like, they already have all the trust they need. And they probably know a little bit about my business. And my guess is they've done their research as well, but they're showing up trusting me and they haven't even met me because they were referred. It's just a totally right. different, it's a, it, you just walk into the meeting entirely different. And you know, I've kind of honed my, when someone's referred to me, I have honed my process of how I get them from a nice to meet you to a yes, I want to work with you at the end um, through a series of processes, just knowing that they walk in knowing they probably want to hire me. It's either mine to lose because they're usually sitting there saying to themselves, they're not saying it to me, please take my money and make this problem go away. Right. Yeah. I just have to help them get to that place. <laughs> Well, and I love this thing about the trust transfer, and I'm hoping everybody heard that because that is such a key part of this, 
that when that handoff is happening, there there's that, I just love the way you put that, that this transfer of trust from the person who's referring over to you. So the person who has the need already trusts the referrer so that then when they refer you, now you get that same level of trust. And it's the most valuable piece of a referral. Yeah, boy. There's no trust, there's no referral. I mean, that truly is like, you know, I say it's a personal connection and a need has been identified, but what to, but to the definition of a referral, it hinges on that trust that is transferred, which doesn't happen with any other type of lead or prospect, yeah. any other type. Um, it doesn't happen in the same way. With now, the trust will be there with word of mouth buzz, but you're not typically connected. Like they were just talking about you. You weren't connected to that potential prospect. Right. So the right. trust will be there with word of mouth buzz, but between word of mouth buzz and referrals, those are the only two where the trust is transferred. And remember, when we're making a decision to hire a company or to hire, you know, a new CPA or to hire a new attorney or a realtor, like when we're making a decision, we, we want to make sure that we don't do two things. We don't want to waste our money and we don't want to make a mistake. So having someone tell me, yes, that's a good realtor. Yes, that's a good bookkeeper. Yes, that is a great business coach, right? Having someone tell me that helps me know that I'm not going to make one of the two mistakes none of us want to make, which is making the bad, making a wrong decision and wasting my money. Right. Right. That's a really good point. All right. So do you say there's five steps to generate referrals with consistency? And I'm wondering if we can sort of hit them, you know, one at a time. Sure. Cool. Let's start with one. All right. Perfect. So when I talk about these five steps, I do tell folks they are interconnected. So you can't just pull one piece out and feel like if you uh-huh. don't do that, it's going to all of a sudden it releases referral explosion. It okay. doesn't work that way. I wish it did. That would be awesome for all of us. So, but everything I'm going to teach you with these five steps and they do like the way that I teach it, like in my students and my growth by referrals program, the way that I teach it is it's, it's almost like a continuous cycle. So you start at one, you go two, three, four, five, keep going, keep going, keep going. So it's a continuous cycle from that perspective. But everything I teach with these hinges on the idea that you are actually referable. So I do want to put that disclaimer in there is that I believe that everybody deserves referrals. I just don't think you're owed them, which means you have to be willing to work for them. And the first thing you have to do to be able to to be willing to work for them is to actually run your business so that you're delivering on a great client experience. You have to, now that doesn't mean things are going to go perfectly, right? I'm okay with things not going perfectly. I just need to know you know how to fix them and take ownership of them, that you know how to manage expectations, that you know how to not only deliver quality work, but also to build a relationship with your clients on you know, a professional level when they're working with you. Because remember, when I think about a client experience, at the end of the day, an experience is basically how you make me feel. And then those feelings that I have for you then dictate and kind of show up in how I talk about you. If I repeat, if, if I do repeat business with you, if I share about you on social media, and most definitely if I send you referrals. So I'm assuming before I dive into these five steps that you've kind of got that piece figured out. You've got that sticky, that's what I call it, that sticky client experience figured out. And I'm not saying it's perfect again, but like you are delivering on work, quality, excellent work. And you're also building relationships with your clients because clients are one of the two places where referrals are going to come from. The other ones are going to be centers of influence, a subset of your network that really understand what you do, 
they don't do what you do. So there's no competitive overlap. And of course they come in contact with your ideal client. So think um, for a mortgage broker, it would be like a realtor, right? Yeah. So if you have that sticky client experience, then you're, pro then you're probably at a place where you really deserve those referrals. And here's the work we need to do, right? Because we're not owed them. So step one of the five steps is you really need to know who your referral sources are. And I think that this is so valuable and it's always amazing to me how many people don't know, like they know if they've received referrals and maybe they can remember anecdotally the person who sent them the last referral or two or maybe three. But the minute we get more than 30 days back in our business, we just can't remember with absolute certainty. So I always tell folks, you need to go through your list of clients and you need to figure out which ones were referred to you and by whom. And then you need that list of referral sources because that list is the list of gold in your business. You, that list, and I would make the argument, I think some people would argue back with me and that's fine, but I would make the argument that list of referral sources are even more valuable than your list of clients. Because those list of, that list of referral sources are the people who bring you new clients. And that's one of the hardest things to do, client acquisition, bringing in new clients, filling the client pipeline. It's one of the hardest things to do when we're in business. Yeah. And someone's gonna make it easy on you? Well, then I need to know their name. Yep. And so yep. step one, okay. Yeah, it is. It's totally key. So step one is just simply take some time and go through and figure out who are your referral sources. Now, for people who have my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, um, that is all about chapter eight. Chapter eight walks you through how to do it. Obviously, it's also module one inside my program. But the reason why I talk about it so openly and tell people how to do it is because you really don't go anywhere without having this information. Everything yeah. that you want to do with referrals is built on this. Now, one of two things are going to happen. Well, a couple of things will typically happen when you go through this process. One, you won't have as many as you thought. <laughs> that may be disappointing. Two, you may be pleasantly surprised because you have more than you thought you did. But what I really find interesting is when people are pleasantly, or not pleasantly surprised, but when they're surprised by who's not on the list, that they could have swore was going to be on the list. Oh. I took a CPA through this process, and he was like, I already know who my referral sources are. And I'm like, humor me, please humor me and just go through the process. And he went through the process and afterwards he was like, oh my gosh, he goes, when I look at who I spend the majority of my time with, I would have thought those people were sending me referrals. He goes, it's not. It's actually people I don't spend that much time with. And I was like, so maybe you should switch the balance of your time. And he was like, totally. Yeah. And it totally freed him up. And you know, I always tell folks, when you start generating referrals, your two things should happen, but one will come before the other. When you start receiving clients by referrals, you're automatically going to save time, but you're also going to make more money. So when he noticed that where he was spending all his time, he didn't have to spend it there. He was like, that's going to save me so much time because he was like a networking crazy person. And I was like, you don't need yeah. to be going to all those networking events. You're not getting from those relationships and those coffees and those lunches and those, like those happy hours. Like those people aren't like you like them, but those aren't the people sending you referrals. What if you just shifted some of that attention to the people who are actually referring you? So well, I think that is such a, I, I have to say something about that because I find people will be spending their time in organizations or going to events and when they start thinking about, okay, is this something I should continue to do? You know, my question for them is, are you getting, you know, do you have good relationships with people in there? Are you getting referrals? Are you getting leads or anything from them? And they'll say, yeah. And then I'll say, okay, great. What kind? And to a person, they will say, well, they're not good ones. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> it might be time to move on. 
So that really is a, a really big deal to make sure that you know who's actually giving you quality referrals that are meaningful and that are getting you clients. It's, it's very true. And I always tell folks in the beginning, when someone is getting into the habit of referring you, I don't actually clear. I don't actually care so much about quality. I actually care about quantity as they're getting used to referring you. But as somebody's getting used to referring you has built that habit, if they're not sending you what you want, then there are some steps we can take to help us get better quality type referrals from them. But in the beginning, yeah. we don't ever want someone to feel like they've got extra work to do to refer someone to us. But to your point, we really need to pay attention and like yeah. make sure we're being very crystal clear, paying attention to well, what are we receiving from all those places where we spend our time? And is it the quality that we need? And if it's, you know, like the, the diamond in the rough, right, then maybe we just need to spend some extra time polishing it up and making it shine um, by giving, you know, helping somebody understand how best to refer us. But a lot right. of times I find when people go through this process, they're like, wow, I spend so much time in XYZ networking group or so much time on XYZ advertising, whatever. And I'm, I can't name a client in the last two years that's come through it. And I was like, yeah. So then you have to decide if that's where you want to continue to spend your time and your money. Yeah. 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 I get it. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Very good. So you identify who those referral sources are. Yes. Awesome. And then. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So step one, we now know who our referral sources are. Step two is I always tell folks, when I think about this as a continuous cycle, I think of it actually as step one, three, four, and two and five are just the things you need to make sure are processes in your business. So step two is really a process. And step two is basically saying, do you have a way now, an automatic way? And when I say automatic, I do not mean technology of how you thank people when they send you a referral. What I find too often is, is people want to start generating referrals. They pull up this list of their referral sources and they're like, let's go make some more referrals happen. And I'm like, okay, slow down for a minute. All these people may have sent you a referral in the past, but how good did you do of a job thanking them immediately after they sent you a referral? And that automatic thank you note process needs to happen for each referral received because why should I send you more referrals if you can't thank me for the one I just sent you? Yeah. So this is just a process that everybody should put into their business. And it is the, the thank you card note. It is, and it's handwritten by you, not an assistant, <laughs> not a third party, not by send out cards. Like it is written by you. And it's that idea of understanding like what it looks like when you're writing that thank you card. It's the reason why it has impact is because it's authentic and people apply, they, they believe that it has time attached to it because you sat down and wrote a card to them, which makes it more valuable and powerful and impactful to them, which is why you need to be the one doing it, not handing it off to somebody else. Maybe they'll never find right. out. Maybe they will. Right. So, right. so it's just a process. So like, yeah, knowing who our referral sources are is one thing, but the ability to thank with a handwritten thank you card when a referral is received is like just an, almost an automatic that should happen in your world. And yeah. you should just do it consistently. And I, I always tell my students 24 to 48 hours, you should get a thank you card in the mail. But you know what? I've been doing this for five years. I'm not perfect. I mean, sometimes a week will go by and I'll be like, oh my gosh, 
I did not send that card <laughs> and I will sit right down and I will do it. So I'm not asking you to be perfect in this, but I'm just saying like, you know, there's a lot when people go through my program and they're like, so I've got this list of referral sources and I don't think I thank them. I'm like, well, that's where we're going to start. Yeah. <laughs> we, think them, we need to start by thanking them. And then we can expect hopefully more referrals to come and we put them through step three and step four. Yeah. But it's just a process and it's, it's, it's just going from the perspective of why should I receive, why should I give you any more if you cannot thank me for the one I just received or the one yeah. I just gave you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's like common courtesy that isn't as common as it should be. I know, right? Like I was listening to the news, which I never do, but my husband had it turned on yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was the day before. And I, there was somebody on the news there talking about the thank you card. Um, and they were talking about how it's like a lost art form or a dying art form. And of course, we've been saying this for years and years and decades, right? This is this dying art form. And I just, it was just the way that it was said in that news report. I was like, God, that is, it is still so sad to hear that. I know. I know. It's so true. But you know what it, makes it, it really cool? What? When you is, do it, no one else is doing yes, it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It makes it so easy to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I just sent a, sent a bunch of handwritten invitations out yesterday to, to people, you know, very specifically to, to an organization. And as I was doing it, I was thinking, you know, hopefully, you know, this makes a bit of a difference that I am sitting here writing this thing down. But even if it doesn't, I feel really good doing it because I feel like I'm connecting to these people even before I put the stamp on the envelope that I hand address. So. That's so much more powerful. You know, it's, it's funny. I always find it, I always chuckle to myself when I see people like complaining about how people don't RSVP to their events. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think to myself, well, if you took 32 seconds to create an e-bite and just emailed it to me, like, yes, I get that yeah. you want me to respond, but it's not like you spend a ton of time making sure I even <laughs> pay attention to the invitation. So let's temper our expectations with kind of the point. effort we put in going into it. Oh, that, see, that's a very good point. I don't think anybody's thinking about that. No. They're no. just annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, why aren't people RSVPing? I'm like, well, because you're stuck in my spam filter. Yeah, right? exactly. My, they don't even know. Attention. Right. You want my attention. Or if you want to guilt me into RSVPing, why don't you send me like you did? I don't, yeah. I'm not going to advocate that every invitation needs to be handwritten. I think that's fantastic that you did that but why don't you send me something in the mail? Yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a thing. We'll see. It, right? it is, yes. But, and I'm totally with you. I, absolutely. I totally agree. Okay, so that's process. So then what is three? So here's what I always find interesting. People get through step one and step two, and they think they're done. They're like, great, I'm going to thank people when they send me referrals, and I'm going to know who my referral sources are. And my response to that is typically, I'm glad you have those two steps done. I'm glad you now have this process where you're going to thank someone immediately after you receive your referral. But what happens in between receiving referrals? What are you doing to be memorable and meaningful for that person? What are you doing to stay top of mind? What are you doing that sets you apart so that you are actually moved into their subconscious of when and how they think about you? And we can only do that right? When we're actually doing outreach or in what I call touch points that actually matter. So step three is actually building out an outreach plan that you're going to deliver for your referral sources for an entire year. 
No, I don't need it to have 12 things on it. And I certainly don't want you doing 22 touches a year. Or I think it's um, Keller Williams, the, um, um, they have like 36 touches a year. I mean, so like, I know a lot of companies have these programs about number of touches. It's typically on the prospecting side. We're talking about your referral sources. So we need to have better touch points and we need to have them less often. We just need to make sure they're memorable and they're meaningful and that they keep you top of mind. And so the idea here is, is really building out, and I would say this is kind of the meat and potatoes of the whole process of how we generate referrals. It's the biggest, I always tell folks, it's the biggest meatiest module inside my course and it'll take you the most time, this one step. But it's the most important because it's how you're going to connect with them throughout the year. So one, you're actually doing things that matter because you're having to put it on paper in advance and decide what it's gonna look like. Two, you're managing your budget around it. And three, there's a better chance you'll actually do it if it's actually written down and planned out and all the pieces are there for you. You just have to execute on it when the time comes. So you build this plan of outreach, how you're going to connect and be memorable and meaningful, which I call minding your M&Ms, and how you're gonna to stay top of mind. Keeping in touch is like the phone calls and the emails, that's not what we're talking about, but how are we gonna to stay top of mind with our referral sources? So when I talk about step three being the meat and potatoes, this plan of connections and this outreach, these touch points we're gonna do for our referral sources, I always say what the meat and potatoes always need is, is the special sauce to make it taste good, right? Yeah. And the special sauce is step four. And step four is the language that we use that allows us to plant referral seeds so that we are never asking and it doesn't feel like we're asking but it's very very authentic but language that works but it's very authentic and feels very normal and it's the language that we use when we're doing that outreach those different touch points throughout the year what are we saying that allows them that makes the mem memorable and meaningful piece have a better connection and of course, that it's what allows us to stay top of mind where we get to move into their subconscious. So they're kind of always thinking about us when they're not really necessarily recognizing that they're thinking about us. And I don't mean those touch points and that language you use have to be big shows of money and display. I'm not talking about big, huge gifts. You know, sometimes you can do things very simply that are gonna get someone's attention. And the idea here is, is that there's a ton of noise in the world. Yeah. And you've gotta cut through it but we wanna cut through it in a way that is about our referral source. It's not about us, right? There is no easy button in my process. I am not staples. I always tell folks, when you go through the growth by referrals program, <laughs> stop looking for the easy button because it doesn't exist, yeah. right? I mean, I have students who've been in the program for two years and they're like, so I found this shortcut. I'm like, stop it, <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> but the truth is I understand why people do it. I look for my own shortcuts. But I just tell folks is that if you want ready to go clients who know they have a problem, who already trust you on some level to show up in your business and want to become clients of yours. You need to be willing to put a little work into it, but you've got to put in work that's memorable and meaningful that is all about your referral source. So what we do isn't about us. We don't send a gift with our logo on it because that's about us. We are doing things that are about them, which means we think about the touch points, the connections, the activities, so to speak, inside our referral plan totally different than we think about our marketing plan or our prospecting plan. I mean, those are three separate plans inside our business. And so when we're thinking about referrals, we're not focused on us and we're not focused on the short term. I want things to happen for you in the short term, but what I am most interested in is not how many referrals you can receive in your first year following my plan, but how many are you consistently still receiving three years from now? 
because that is how we build true freedom in our business from knowing that a certain portion of our clients are going to come in through referrals and we have a well-oiled machine behind it that is allowing us to generate those referrals on a consistent basis. And so this is a process we put into place. And then of course we have to follow the plan, but the language we say in step four is really kind of that secret sauce that makes it all fit and has, them, has our referral sources thinking about us in a referral mentality without us saying, give me more referrals. This is so great. A couple of the things that I, that really stand out for me is that this, this process and way of thinking is different from the way you market and, and to prospects and, and the way you do all of that because it, it's just a different focus. So really languaging to your referrals in a way that's meaningful for them is, is so interesting for me. And, and having a, and understanding that the other thing that keeps sticking out for me is that, okay, this is work. It's going to take work. All of sales takes work. It, it's a verb. It's an activity. And so, <laughs> you know, you got to put in the, the work at the beginning and consistently. And this process that you're telling us about is a way to make sure that you're doing this consistently with your referral sources. So, I, you know, it, it, I would imagine that it, it, it probably takes more work at the beginning to get it set up, but it still takes work consistently through time. Is that, I mean, would, would you say that's true that, that you're going to have to sort of front load the effort? It is. And I would say the, the majority of the work is going to be upfront when you're building step three and you're figuring out step four of what it's going to look like. Now, step one takes time too, but you should never have to do it again. If you're going to track your referrals received yeah. correctly after going through and identifying your referral sources and doing step one, then at the end of the day, you should never have to do step one again. Now, step two is going to take a little bit of time because it's just a thank you card you need to write every time you receive a referral. And you know what? I hope you're able to write one every week. Like that, that would be 52 referrals a year. Like you should be wanting to write a thank you card every week for a referral received or two cards a week, right? But three and four, to your point, yes, you've got to build it. And once you build it, though, then it's less work. It's just making sure you're executing on whatever referral generating yeah. plan you built. So my students will tell me because I always say like, you know, I always tell them there's work up front, less on the back end. And then I always go back to my students because you know, I've had students in the, class, in the program now since 2015. I'm like, I'm still right, right? Like I know I do my own referral generating plan, but I eat, sleep and breathe this stuff. It, I know it comes more naturally to me just because I've been doing it for so long and teaching it now for so long. And all my students are like, yeah, it takes work up front. You've got to spend a couple hours on it. They're like, but a couple hours is nothing compared right. to the results you're going to produce on the back end. And then yes, you actually got to do the work, right? To have those things happen. Um, you got to execute on those touch points or those connections you want to make with your referral sources. And then, but I love it because they always say, but I'd rather do that than have to go spend two hours at a networking event, shaking hands with strangers. Right. Exactly. All right. I want to take a sponsor break and then I want to talk to you some more about step four. So okay. hang on, hang on. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. 
Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Built to Sell by John Warlow and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Stacy Brown Randall about how to gain referrals without asking. Okay, Stacy, can you give the listeners like an example of step four of this languaging that you're talking about? I, I you know, I know it's probably different for everybody in every business. So, but if you can give them an example, then yes, they'll have an idea of what it is. And a lot of the language is the same, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what you do. I mean, there are some times when I'm with my students and we're building out their plan and the language we may use for a home builder may look a little different from a CPA or an attorney, right? Or a financial advisor. So sometimes that's typically outreach or connection point specific based in the plan that they've built. But there are so many other times and in the program, we have like dozens and dozens of scripts of things to know of how to use this referral seed, this referral planting seed language. And what does it look like to plant a referral seed? So let me give you two examples because I want to give you two examples that anybody listening right now can go do tomorrow or even today when they're listening to this episode. So the first one is, is, you know, I talked, I talked about the, um, that thank you card you're going to send every time a referral is received. Well, there's a very easy way to plant a referral seed in that card where it feels very normal. And I'm really big on to like things need to feel normal, right? Yeah. Normal and authentic and genuine, right? So the easiest way to plant a referral seed and a thank you card for when you've just received a referral is to say, you know, hey, Tom, thank you so much for referring, you know, Elaine to me, right? I really appreciate the opportunity to work with the people you know and care about or something to that effect. But the planting seed there is that very first sentence. It is, I'm planting the seed by saying, I'm reminding him and saying, thanks Tom for referring me to Elaine. And I'm using uh, Elaine's name first and last. No, I didn't my example, but pretend I had, right? So it's the, the use of the word, thank you for referring me and then reminding reminding them who they referred by using the person's first and last name. Because when you make that connection in their mind to what they just did, they're more likely to repeat the process. Oh, that's interesting. Right? So it's crazy. Like, oh yeah, I did refer Elaine to Stacy. That's right. And then the next time they're out having a conversation and someone has a similar problem as Elaine, who are they going to think about? Yeah. Right? Hmm. So that's an easy yeah. one. And everyone can write a thank you note tomorrow if they've received a referral and use that language. The second um, time that I always tell folks that's the easiest way to use the language, and I like giving these examples because you don't need to be in the program to use these examples. You can go use these examples tomorrow and they should serve you well. The second example I like to talk about is when we go to a networking, I'm going to totally put you on the spot, okay? Um, okay. You go, be ready. <laughs> so when we go to a networking event and you walk up to someone, whether you know them, let's just say you somewhat know them, right? Or you're at least past the, the who are you thing. What is typically the number one question you get asked at nauseum at every networking event you go to. If I just oh my to gosh. Say, well, um, how's business? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. How's business. Okay. So knowing mm -hmm. nothing about what we've talked about so far, tell me the way you think or that you way you have heard. And maybe you've even said yourself the way that most people respond when they're asked, how's business. Great. 
Yes. <laughs> Great. We're busy or we're growing. We're busy. Or right. if we're having a moment of true honesty, maybe it's not so great, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. But it's typically the great or we're growing. Okay. There's nothing wrong. Fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with those responses, but they don't do anything to continue a conversation. They yeah. don't do anything to have the person remember you differently. And there's certainly, that answer is certainly not allowing you to plant a referral seed. And so the way I tell people to answer that question is I tell them when someone says, how's business to you, then you need to say an answer that's something like, thanks for asking. I just onboarded two new clients and they were both referred to me. It's so great to receive referrals because it tells me I'm doing something right. Oh, perfect. Right? Wow. Or maybe yeah. you haven't received two referrals recently. So you can say something to the effect of, you know, when they, someone says, how's business? You can say, thanks for asking. When I look back at the clients I've had the opportunity to work with, I'm so pleased that a majority of them, that half of them, that some of them, that a good number of them have been referred to me. Right? Yeah. It's so make, please make your answer honest. Don't say you just onboarded two clients that referred to you and you haven't had a new client join you in 60 days, right? Like don't lie um, because it's not authentic the minute you lie. So it's, but it's just using that language of when someone wants to know how businesses plan a referral seed with them. Now, here's the thing. If you give that answer or versions of that answer throughout an evening, let's just say you've talked to 12 people and you've used that version of an answer when they asked you how business was. I'm not guaranteeing that 12 referral seeds have just been planted. I mean, technically, right. yes, 12 referral seeds have been planted, but seeds, when we're growing them, they need water and cultivation and the pruning of the weeds. So you may never talk to that person again, and it may be a seed that fell on barren ground, dry ground, it's never gonna go anywhere. But I would guarantee you that as you use this language in certain right opportunities, it's going to invite further conversation. People are going to be like, wow, what are you doing to generate referrals? Hopefully you can tell them what you're doing because you've done step one and step two and maybe three, but at least step one and two at a minimum. But so hopefully you can tell them what you're doing and that continues the conversation and then we get to understand, right? Who are the best referrals for you? I mean, that's a great place for that for that question for someone to ask you that question it doesn't always happen but right. you will start to see some seeds germinate and you'll see it kind of start to just take root in some people but again seeds don't grow up overnight they don't sprout through the dirt overnight and they don't do it over weeks right. and they don't do it over months they will do it over time though and so you need to make sure that when you just recognize what what i'm telling you and what i'm saying here is to everybody who's listening when you go out and use this language it won't work with everybody because you may never talk to those people again. But the people you see that start thinking about you from a referral perspective, that's when you've known you've started to plant some seeds and you won't know until you try the language and see what conversation comes from it. And I would think that once you start using this language, it becomes so natural for you to be using it that you are thinking about your business in terms of referrals so that that's what you're radiating that that's how you get good business. Yes. It's, so, it's kind of like, right? Right. It's like what we put out there comes back to us. Yeah. I don't remember the psychology behind it or the, or the science behind it, but it's like that seeing red cars. It's like when you decide you want to yeah. buy a red car, all of a sudden that's all you see. Yep. It's like what we project out there is what we pull to, to ourselves. It's so funny. I had a, so when my students join the growth by referrals program, I just started doing it this year, but this will be something we do every year at the end of the, we did it in November this year. We basically came together as a group of the students who were in the program that were, you know, what I call alumni students. 
and we set their plan for 2019, right? And so at the end of 2019, we'll set their plan for 2020 because you do want to, you do want to look at your plan every year and maybe make some changes to it and definitely assess if it worked. It was hilarious to me, the number of people who we have a community in Facebook, a Facebook group that's just for the students and the program so they can ask questions and have access to me throughout the year. It was hilarious to me to get in there afterwards and people be like, oh my gosh, I just did, we called it the GBR, which is the initials for the program, Growth by Referrals, Refresh with Stacy, and I got another referral. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's magic because it's not. There's nothing about this that is magic, but there is something to be said about when you put it in your forefront and you're thinking about something yeah. and it's like pulling it into yourself. Like they went through the, they spent the 90 minutes with me. They set their plan for 2019. They assessed what happened in 2018. And then they're now thinking more and more about referrals. Right. And then all of a sudden two people right after the same day or the next day were like, and I just got another referral. Like, this is great. I'm like, because that's what you're putting out there. Yep. Yep. I know. Well, I, I completely totally believe in all of that because you see it happen all the time if you're yes. paying attention to it yeah this is great okay what's number five okay so what we've built through step one through step four but specifically with step three and step four as we have built an experience, um, an experience is just those different touch points where we use the right language and we're delivering it to a group of people, our referral sources. So what we've just built for our referral sources is this referral experience, which is how we are taking care of them throughout the year, year after year after year. So what we're ultimately after is to build this never ending referral experience. It doesn't mean referral sources won't come off the list when they move away or whatever, but we're building this experience that we're executing on, which for us an experience is just those touch points, but done with consistency. So here's the thing. Everybody should want to build a referral experience for their referral sources. And what your referral sources want is that experience, but you are a very busy business owner. And at the end of the day, what you need so that it actually gets done is a process. You need it built so that it works and it's customized for your business, but then you need to come behind it and make sure that the pieces that can be delegated are delegated. The pieces that can be automated are automated. The pieces that are put into your workflow are put into your workflow so that you execute on it throughout the year, because you're only going to do somewhere between four and four and eight touch points, touch points a year which means you're going to go a couple months maybe without having to do anything. I don't want you to forget about it. So step yeah. five is all about coming behind it and helping you automate it and systematize it inside the program. We call it processitizing only because I like that word and no one's ever told me that it's not a word. So we processitize it inside your business so that it actually happens because as busy business owners who are sometimes really easily distracted by the new bright shiny object <laughs> we need to make sure that there is a system and a process and a workflow procedure behind this plan so the plan gets executed on and that's what step five is all about mm. i love this <laughs> seriously Thank and i'm you. going to a thing this afternoon so i'm gonna try that Thank you so much for asking. Yes. When they ask you how's business, you have a new way to answer yeah. it. Because I hate that question. Now I'm going to like it. Yeah, you will. Because you have a new way to I answer know. it. I know. I always tell folks, when they, so they, people hear me talk about how to answer that question. And then sometimes I'll meet people and they'll be like, so Stacey, how's business? And I'll be like, good. And they'll be like, that's not what you teach. And be like, yeah, I really just didn't want to give you the answer. 
Like <laughs> I'm the only one who feels that way. Like I don't want to get into the whole conversation right now. I'm just trying to enjoy a glass of wine, right? <laughs> but for everybody else, <laughs> like go use the answer because it'll be new for you and you'll have to try it on and get used to it and test it out to find the right language for you. But the reality of it is it makes people remember you so much more. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It's so refreshing. Wow. This this is so great. So um, we've sort of talked about it, but I think it bears shining a light on, on what I'm about to ask you specifically, which is um, what are some ways that you see folks like sabotaging their referral strategy, if I can even call it a strategy, because I'm not sure. Yeah. That, that could be the first thing they do is that they don't have one. But, but what are some ways that you see them messing with it? Yeah, so here's the thing. So uh, obviously one easy way to sabotage a strategy for your referrals is not to have one, right? Obviously that is an easy one. But let's, let's look past that. Let's look at the, the business owner that actually wants and thinks that they have some type of referral generation happening in their business. And the way that I see people sabotage it is a couple of things. The first is, is that they have this great client experience until they get really, really busy. And then little pieces of that client experience start to fall apart. And then all of a sudden, those raving fans that loved us aren't so raving anymore because they didn't, as their business grew, they didn't build systems and processes and workflows and procedures that allowed them to maintain you know, not that crazy running around like a chicken with your head cut off business owner as your business grows. You know, the truth is some business statistics will tell you that as your business grows by 40%, every time your business grows by 40%, it basically breaks its systems inside. So when I see people having a really choppy client experience of how they deliver the work and how they build relationships, I know that's going to sabotage their opportunity to generate referrals in the future. The other thing that I see people do is, is they actually don't have a clue of who their referral sources are. And what's worse is that they pretend that they do. Now in their mind, they think they know, but if they're being really, really honest, they didn't take the time to go through step one and really pull the data. Data doesn't lie. So, but your anecdotal evidence and your memory will. So thinking back over who you think has referred you is totally different than looking back and knowing who has referred you because you pulled the data. And so I think when people try to generate referrals and they're not really having any progress with it or they're really sabotaging it, it's because, well, you don't even know who are the people who are referring you. So you don't even know who you should be spending time and energy on. And so that's another easy way that I see people sabotage their referral strategy. And then I'll tell you this, the number one way I see my students so the people who are like, hey, I know who my referral sources are, and I know I have a sticky client experience, right? If not, they've been through my program on it. And so they're, they're executing on a client experience. They know who their referral sources are. They've built their referral generating plan. Their issue is consistency on their execution. And so I, in the, when we did the refresh a couple weeks ago, I asked people, like, what didn't work for 2018? Like, I want to know, because if there's something wrong with the program, I definitely want to know. But they were all really honest and they were like, I fell off the wagon for four months and missed one of my touch points. Or I fell off the wagon for almost the entire year and did two out of these seven I wanted to do and may have hurt my results. And so I always find when people are, are wanting that referral generation and they have this strategy and they have this plan, this referral generating plan built, the next way they sabotage it is they don't execute on it. And 
remember, there are no one hit wonders in the world of referral generation. There is only that consistency of maintaining that experience and giving that level of care to your referral sources in an ongoing way that allows that referrals to kind of start as a trickle to build its way to snowball to an explosion. Nobody starts with an explosion. We, tr we trickle and snowball our way to it. But if you're cutting off the trickle and the snowballing opportunity because you're not being consistent, you're gonna sabotage your referral opportunities. Boy, those are great. I, I, I can see every one of them. Yeah, which is why these steps are so important. Yes. Yeah, wow. Stacey, this is so valuable. Can you, will you do me a favor and tell the listeners how they can find you and how they can get your book, please? Absolutely. So my home base where you can always find me is just my website, stacybrownrandall.com. I always tell folks Stacy is spelled with an E. So stacybrownrandall.com. I'm sure you'll link to it in the show notes as well, but that's my home base. Yeah where you can get access to all of my, like, my free resources. I have a seven-day referral growth challenge you can take. I have a referral ninja quiz to find out what level of your ability to generate referrals you are. So you can find some great resources there. And my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, it's available anywhere you buy books. So whether that is your favorite online platform or your favorite local bookstore, the book is available everywhere. And I promise eventually it will also be on your sponsor on audible.com. Yay. <laughs> I know it will. <laughs> Everything yes. ends up there. I know. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. This is just incredibly valuable. I appreciate it so much. And i like to thank the listeners. Uh, you guys, this, what, you got to listen to this one again, right? You got to, this is one, you downloaded it, listened to it a couple of times, get a hold of Stacey, go through her, her program. This is a keeper because this is the kind of thing that when you implement it in your business, will continue to serve your business over time in an authentic, genuine, meaningful sort of way. So get on it. I also want to thank our sponsor, audible.com. If you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.